I'm going to read to you today out of the book of Exodus. I'm going to find it. The second book, book of Exodus, okay? Uh, I'm going to read there, but uh, as you turn there, uh, book of Exodus chapter 35, Genesis and then Exodus, okay? So um, just two books in, chapter 35. Uh, Go find that, as I do here as well, and we're going to read there. But before we get to Exodus uh, 35, um, I want to share with you a verse out of the book of Ecclesiastes, okay? That book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 3, and verse 1, listen to these words and, and hold your thumb there in Exodus, okay? Just listen to these words. To everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose under heaven. To everything there is a season. And a time to every purpose. Every one of us here has seasons. Our church has seasons. You have seasons. In our life, every one of us has seasons. And the season, if you will, is a span of time where you go through different circumstances. Sometimes they're difficult. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes they grow us. Sometimes they call us out. But if we go through those seasons, and what those seasons that we go through, those circumstances, you know what they do? They change us. Sometimes the seasons that we go through, uh, they challenge us. Okay? But we go through times or seasons in our life, and God has a purpose for those times you're going through. So when you're going through a difficult time in your life, maybe, and you wonder why, just say, God, I know that you're going to get glory out of this, right? Trust in God when you can't see. My friend, if we only trusted in God when we could see what he could do for us, we wouldn't have very little trust. But we need to understand the decisions that we make here today, how these the, uh, uh, seasons, they can challenge us, and they, but they all have a purpose. And the decisions that you have to make is, will you seize the opportunity or the challenge, if you will, uh, for this season that has come uh, to bring good into your life and uh, for to see what the purpose that God has for it. God has a purpose for getting you through or taking you through. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Amen. I will fear no evil. There's a season that we have to go through in life. But when we go through, David realized even in that time, it just drew him closer to God. Right? Thou art with me. Yeah. You know what he said? Uh, he said, man, surely goodness has followed me all the days of my life. Uh, uh, right before, my cup is running over. When we realize the seasons that we go through in life, we're going to realize when we look back and we see what God has done for us, your cup is going to run over. Okay? You know, but what we do so often, man, I can't believe I got through that. I can't believe I made it through. You didn't make it through. God showed you a way. God was with you. He said he'd never leave you. He'd never forsake you. He brought you to it. He'll get you through it. When you go through the floods, he'll not overflow thee. When you go through the fire, you'll not be burned. He lives with you. But yeah, there's seasons that we have to go through because God has a purpose. And when we follow 
God's will for the season that we're in, that's when we find his purpose that we went through. Do you understand that? Do you ever go through something and say, I don't know why that ever happened to me? Because you wasn't listening to find God's purpose in what you're going through. You didn't realize. I remember one of our members here at Grace here a few years ago was in the hospital about three weeks and didn't know exactly what was going on and they couldn't find anything for almost three weeks. But during that time, she started speaking to a housekeeper person. You know, I forget the actual name to call them. She started speaking to one of the ladies that come in and clean the room every day. And you know what? She got moved to another room and the lady came and found her and she led her to the Lord. You don't know why you have to go or do something or be in a situation, but if you learn from that, there are people right here I know that you think, how long am I going to stay in this situation? You hold to that unchanging hand, and he's going to give you the strength because when you come through that season, you're going to feel the change that has taken place in your life. How important that is. Going to get to that verse. I'm excited and it's just going to go. But may I tell you, we have come as a church. God has placed an opportunity before us, a new season, if you will. God has placed a new season before us and the opportunities that we have right now are unparalleled of anything that we've ever seen or done. Okay? We have, we have seen God's hand move many times in our church, right? But never, never before have we seen and have we felt this season coming on to such a large magnitude, okay? We've never before seen that. When we bought this building, it was $63,000. We're getting ready to build a, over a $2 million building. And you say, wow, that's a magnitude. That's your thought. That's your thought. Right? I'm going to show you today, because the Lord placed a message on my heart last Thursday. And I'm going to tell you something. Don't get me wrong. We'll have those times. We'll have those times. Let me sit. Friday morning. Friday morning in my office, I'm sitting there, and my cell phone rings. Does anybody here know the Lohr family? Lore family, Darren Lore and the Lore family, that is one of the hottest, if you will, gospel singing groups in the United States today for the last couple of years. They are everywhere, flying all over the place. My phone rings. And Hello, this is Brother Darren Lore. <laughs> now, to give you, I, I just sent a little email out some time ago. Hey, just warning if you guys... I have an opportunity coming by. Call me about singing at a church. He gave me a call. I never thought that he would, you know, I, wanna, I said actually email me back about coming. To, I never thought he'd call me. I put my number. He called me and we started talking. And we started talking about first maybe five minutes about them coming to sing. And it just wasn't where he could work out. But he said, we'll come. We'll come. You're kidding. No, yeah, good. 
But he started talking to me about, he said, brother, I just feel there's something we need to talk about. He said, I feel there's something why I called you. It's not about a singing appointment. So we just chatted a little bit, and I happened to tell him, I said, well, we are getting ready to take a monumental step that we have never done before. We're getting ready to go and to build a $2 million church. And we started out with just a couple of dozen. He said, "Uh uh-huh. Here it is. Here it is. (laughs) He said, I want to tell you something. When I was pastoring, he said, we had about 20 people. And he said, we prayed that God would do a work through our church. And he said, God gave us an opportunity to buy an entire city block. Now, this city block was infested with drug houses. And God made a way that all these drug houses could be torn down. And they could be torn down and God gave us an entire city block and we bought, paid for it for one dollar. I said, well, that's awesome. He said, but no, what I'm telling you is, and they were about the size we were, maybe a little smaller. He said, we built a three million dollar building. So we started talking, we started talking, and, and then after about 40 minutes or so, he said, man, I just so wish we could come. I'm sorry, I can't make that date. I'm so, but anyway, my point was, he knew I needed to hear some reassurance. You know why? I'm human like you. Yeah. I left my, that morning to go to the office, my other office, And on the road, I'm thinking, okay, God, just let me know. Would you please just help me? Because I'd been to banks all week long last week. I turn on the radio, and uh, and, it comes on uh, James McDonald. Walk in the the Word. I'm telling you. Listen, James McDonald, walk in the Word. The first words basically out of his mouth was, believe you can build it and build it. Yeah. Believe you can build it and build it. I listened to it until I got to my office and I sat in the car and I had to go in, but I went and... He shared with their church how God was moving and made an opportunity unparalleled like anything ever before. And he made this opportunity so much so he said, listen, we're thinking about maybe re- relocating our building and moving our church to another piece of property that's valued at 3 to $5 million. And we're wondering if we're able to do this because God's wanting us to move. And we're wondering if this is going to happen. And he said, you know what? A couple out of Oklahoma that we've never met don't even know. They called us and said, listen, we'd like to give you a piece of property. We're going to charge you a dollar, but it's worth $50 million. You want to talk about magnitude? You want to talk about the magnitude of how we look at things? I believe if you dream big, if you see big, you'll achieve big. I believe if you squander and you look here and you're small in your tunnel vision, that's what you'll have. I just believe in a pretty big God, don't you? I just believe in a pretty big God. I'm going to tell you something. I believe believing big believes big results, but I also believe in not everybody in here is on board with that. Brother, that's all right. It just shows we all have those thoughts, all right? But I do want to tell you something. 
when you believe small, you get small. And you know what getting small does? It breeds complacency. It breeds complacency. Well, God has laid an important time before us here. And I want us to see this. And so in the book of Exodus, let me get to that. In the book of Exodus, in chapter 35, the children of Israel, they had been in bondage. They had been enslaved, enslaved, and, and now they're, they're coming out, and we know the stories there. And now Moses calls all the children together, all the people together, and this is what he says. I'm going to start in verse 4, chapter 35. I'm going to read a little bit more maybe than normal today, but I want you to listen with every word and pray, God, speak to my heart. And Moses spake unto the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is a thing the Lord commanded. You see what I'm saying? We have to listen as God speaks. If God speaks to me and puts a message, I've got to preach it. You've got to hear it. My responsibility is to bring it. Your responsibility is to receive it. This is the commandment the Lord gave, saying, Take ye from among you. He's talking about building the tabernacle now. This is what he's telling them. Take ye from among you. Where are we going to get the money to pay for this building? I believe he just said it. Take ye from among you. Huh? Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord. But listen to what he says now. Whosoever is of a willing heart. And bring it an offering of the Lord. Gold, silver, and brass, and blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine linen, and goat's hair, and ram skins, and dyed red, and badgered skins, and chittim wood, and oil for the light, and spices for the anointing oil, and the sweet incense, and the onyx stones, and the stones set before the ephod uh, for the breastplate, and that's what the priests wore. Uh, and, and every wise hearted among you shall come and make all that the Lord hath commanded the tabernacle, his tent. He's telling him that's what he wants us to do. So he's going on down here, and he's telling him that he has everything. He's giving them a list, if you will, of everything the Lord said was needed, a materials list, to build the tabernacle. He's telling the people, this is what's needed to build this tabernacle. And guess where these things are going to come from? You. That's what he said. You know what I have before me here today? This is a materials list of everything that's needed to build our new building. This is the materials list that I have today that God has placed on our heart that has given a vision. And my friend, that vision, my friend, was to see not that we could have a bigger building, but that we could have a bigger place to do greater ministries, to bring greater and more people in so that his kingdom might be advanced and we can see people saved and move in a way that God is wanting us to move. I said a couple of weeks ago, we can stay right here and I'll still preach here every Sunday. But do we want to dampen what God is doing in our lives? How do we know this is what we want to do, Pastor? How do we know this is what God wants? I'm trying to stay still. How do we know this is what God wants us to do? Well, let me tell you something. The children of Israel didn't ask that. You know why they didn't ask that? I'm going to tell you why the children of Israel didn't ask that. We're going to see that in a minute. Why they didn't ask that, guess what? 
they knew what it was like to be in bondage, number one. All right? They knew what it was like (laughs) to be in a place that they didn't need to be. But they had also seen God working, didn't they not? They had seen when they come to the Red Sea there. (laughs) Well, wait a minute, before I even got that. (laughs) Yeah, let me get back up. Okay. The ten plagues. Okay. I mean, you go back and we can't go over those right now, but you go back and you read how how Moses went to Pharaoh and said, God said, let my people go. (laughs) And Pharaoh says, well, I'm going to tell you what, you can go. And then Pharaoh said, no, I want to do this. And you know why? And they went back and forth. And Pharaoh and his magicians and things would try to do uh, uh, things and they would put things against God's children. And guess what? God would do something bigger. And Pharaoh would come and do something. God would do something bigger. And every time God would do something bigger until it got to the point where they would take in the firstborn of all the male children. And Pharaoh says, go, get out of here. And so they took off. They were released. They were set free. And yet when they were traveling, they came to the Red Sea. And they heard this thunder. But it wasn't coming from the sky. It was coming from the ground. And it was the noise of thousands of chariots and all the king's horses and all the king's men and all the armies, uh, Pharaoh's armies was coming out. And they were just seeing in my mind's eye, uh, they were seeing the dust cloud of all of the enemy coming up to them. And we're here at the edge of the Red Sea. We don't have nowhere to turn. We don't have nowhere to go. Quickly, you know what he said? Stand still. Lord, Moses cried out. Lord said, stretch forth your, your staff, Moses. Use what I gave you, Moses. Then he turned to the people and he said, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Man, I'm going to tell you why. You know why they didn't complain when Moses said, you've got what you need to build a tabernacle? Because they realized, they remembered how God had blessed them, how God had brought them from where they were to where they are. They remembered. Lest we forget. Huh? Lest we forget. Share with you real quickly here about how God has blessed us. I told you we paid 63000 and you've heard it said before. Six months before, the church turned down 189000 Why did they do that? We didn't know about the church yet. This was going to be our building. We got two properties up there. You know how much we paid for them? A dollar a piece. A dollar a piece. We got a property over here. We bought it at a tax auction. My friend, brother Mike, come to me. I remember saying, you know, we'd take that window, we'd take these, and we'd take that out of there, and we'd take it. We pretty much made by taking, and we didn't even have to take them. The fire department took the mantles and the doors and things out, took them to, Pretty much everything that we made off of selling those is what it cost us to buy that property. God has shown us how He can work. How can do great things? You know that property over there was valued at over $200,000 that we paid thirty for. Oh, wait a minute. That's not good business. That's God. That's God. My friend, God's wanting to, you know, hey, it's time to wake up here. I am blessing you. I want you to see that because I've got a greater blessing for you. The children of Israel 
didn't ask any questions because they knew where they were. They knew where they'd come from, right? And they knew that God had blessed them. I mean, how in the world can you get two million people when the Red Seas parted and they went across on dry ground and their enemies it folded in on top of them? That's God. That's God. Well, I got to read this because I got another message for tonight. This one's going to go here. Okay. So anyway, he tells them what to use in the materials there in verses about 10 through uh, on down about through 20, okay, about through 19. He told them just exactly what materials they needed, okay? But he he said to that, to all the people, uh, and then in verse 20 he said, and the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the congregation, they departed from the gathering uh, in the presence of Moses, and they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up. See, they had heard what Moses had commanded and told them to do, as thus saith the Lord, and they left because their hearts were stirred, and everyone whom his spirit made willing. My friend, if it's got to be done, it's going to be of a willing spirit. Do you understand that? Of a willing spirit, and they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle. They brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle. They, the people. The congregation and for all his service and for the holy garments, and they came both men and women, as many as were willing-hearted. Right? As many as were willing in the heart. You see, God didn't command them to do this. God didn't command, it's not about your tithe, it's not about that. And you know, if you're visiting here today, I want you to know something. You're experiencing a rarity here in the fact that they know I don't preach on tithe and money much, but I will preach the word of God when he puts it on my heart. Okay? For sure, for sure. So on down and said, and everyone uh, brought an offering of the silver to brass and every man and did, and, and even the women. Uh, what it was, they, there was craftsmen and they brought the wood that was needed. And there was women and they brought the things that was needed to spin and, and to make cloths wheel and linens with and did spin with their hands and brought that which they had spun, uh, both of all the blue and the purple and the scarlet and the fine linen and the women whose hearts stirred them up in the the wisdom spun the goat's hair. The rulers brought the onyxes and the jewels. Uh, the children of Israel brought a willing offering uh, to the Lord. Every man and woman whose hearts made them willing uh, to bring all manner of work. And the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. All the women, all the men, all the children, everybody who was willing uh, brought what they could do. You might say, well, I don't know what I can do. Can you bake a cupcake? I'm going to tell you, you might think, is a cupcake going to get it to me? And uh, I got $1,200 of it yesterday. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> yeah. What can you do? What can you do? You know, it's all about realizing little is much when God is in it. You remember that time when I was a little kid? You remember that? I do. Little is much when God, this is what they did. So all the people brought it together. And God told Moses to do that. And they all had a willing heart. My friend, it must come from a willing heart. You've got something that you can contribute right now. You've got that that you're holding for a rainy day right now. And God said, if you've got a willing heart, I'm not telling you you have to, but if you've got a willing heart, you need to bring that. You need to bring that. 
So Moses called together and he called them all together and he told them that they were going to build the building or build the tabernacle, okay? But he also told them they need to have this willing heart. And for the people to do that, I want you to know something. It stirred in their hearts. It stirred in their hearts about building this new tabernacle, building this tabernacle, temporary dwelling place, a temporary church, if you will. Uh, they, it stirred in their hearts, and they were willing to do that. And I want to ask you a question today. Is your heart stirred up about building a new building? Not that we can say we have a $2 million building. It's not about that. It's that we can say we have a place where the ministering of God and his people can move even into larger places and do greater things because God has put us here, and we've filled it up, and we've done our capacity and now he showed us another place that he gave us and may I also tell you this just at the right time there's a church family very interested in buying this building ain't that something I've met with them a couple of times I'm going to tell you what God is putting things together you know what he's putting together he's putting his part he's putting his part together he said but you've got to put your part together you got to put your part together. you got to bring that that you need. And you know what your part is, your need? And I'm going to tell you this. I struggled when I first started thinking about this. I struggled about this because it just gets under my skin when the, some of the TV preachers, if you'll send in a check for this much money, I've prayed over this cloth and it'll do a miracle. No, it won't. No, it won't. You want a miracle done in your life, you repent and follow God. But it seems like that's all they do anymore, and it's money, 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 and I'm going to preach about you give money. So I had to kind of get an eye awakening from a phone call of a person I never met that travels all over the United States and Canada and other places in the world singing and said, Listen, we need to talk. And here I thought it was about maybe coming singing. Found out five minutes into it. No, he shared his testimony as a pastor. He said, we were a small group. And we knew not God needed to move in a mighty way. And God moved. Huh? Yeah. Then I started thinking about the children of Israel and this when God had spoke. And then I turn on the radio and James McDonald lays it on me. And I'm like, okay. Goodness. Well, I'm telling you here today, church, don't get stuck. Don't say, well, he wants my money and we got fairly decent offerings here. God says, you do your best of a willing heart. I don't want a dollar from you for our new building. I don't want a dollar from you from our new building if you give it begrudgingly. Because I don't want it to be on your conscience. I want it to be on your heart. I want it to be willing. Huh. We'll do it without your dollar, but you can still come and worship. But listen here. So, okay. So they brought the offering, and in verse 30, And Moses said to the children of Israel, And the Lord had called by the name of Bezalel, and Uri, and the son of Hur, and all the tribe of Jordan. He said, Fill he had filled them with the Spirit of God in wisdom and understanding and knowledge and in all manner of workmanship. So he brought in the people that just needed to be brought in. Do you know that? 
That's what he's saying. He said, I'm going to bring in the people that you need to build this building. I'm going to bring in the people that you need to help with this building. Do you know what? What we have already done through the help of a loved brother would have cost us already probably in excess of $50,000. You didn't pay a penny for it. You did not pay a penny for it. He brought people in our lives. I'm not exaggerating on that figure. I happen to stand here and tell you. He brought people in our lives just when he needed it. And then it went down in verse, 30, verse 1, chapter 36. Give me six more minutes. Not five, six. Six more. Then Bezalel and Aholiab. Now these were the people, if you will, that were the master constructionists, the master carpenters. These were the people that were the architects of how the tabernacle should be built. So these people had been brought. They were here. And every wise-hearted man, every man that knew how to do the work. And the Lord had put wisdom and understanding to know how to do all the work of the manner of the work of the service of the sanctuary according to all that the Lord had commanded. And Moses called these two men, and everywhere wise-hearted men, and the, and the heart of the Lord had put in them, and, and everyone whose heart stirred up to come unto the work to do it. And they received of Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought, all the things that they'd been working on, all the things that the people realized they could contribute, all the ways that the people thought they could, well, I can give you this, I can do this. They had finally come together, and they'd brought it all together. And you know what? I need to come to a close here, but I want to get to the point. The people bring much more than enough for the service of the Lord that he commanded to make. Did you hear that? The people brought more than enough. As a matter of fact, come to a close here. Moses had to send out a bulletin, if you will, newsflash. Don't bring any more people. We got all that we need and then some. Did you ever think where they got it? They'd been in bondage. That's a whole other message on some where they got it, but let me just say this. The fact is that they were willing to do what needed to be done to bring the offering. I want to ask you, church, we're on a threshold here of greater things than we'd ever imagined. Scary? Yes. Every Sunday morning, closing right here, every Sunday morning, me and a few of the men, the deacons or whatever, gather back in my office, and we go to power praying every Sunday. And I had to fess up to the deacons first. I said, listen, I want to tell you something. Right before I got that phone call that I just shared with you about, I thought, man, Lord, <laughs> I'm a little bit afraid. That fast. What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Psalms. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If I let myself think about, that's a large number. I can be overwhelmed. Did you hear them sing today? <laughs> but when I do what I can do, when I do what I can do, and you do what you can do, you do what you can do of a willing heart, 
man, man, I can't wait till I get to the point that I will one day. I believe it here. Till I get to the okay, people, we've got enough. We've got enough. The building's paid for. Remember when we bought this, we wondered if we will, and it wasn't but a few years. Brother Joe and Sister Donna Hagen's house up there had a gathering. Somebody handed me the note that had been paid in full. I can still see that. Getting down there to that bonfire, putting that note, what we owed, and putting it in the fire. You know why? We come together of a willing mind, willing heart. Got to have a willing heart. Say this. I believe today that there are many with a willing heart. And I believe today there are some with a willing mind. What am I saying there? It's got to come from the heart for God to be in it. It's got to come from the heart. So I'm going to ask you today. Will you consider that vision that I got back in the mountains of Guatemala that few years back. By the way, that, that happened this week four years ago. Popped up on my doohickey, the timeline thing. And that was another thing. Okay, God, you're showing me. We consider the vision. Moses didn't tell everybody to get the vision, did he? No, he didn't. He said, this is what the Lord said to do. And they followed Moses' words. Do you realize where the responsibility lies? I believe it puts on on my shoulders. I'm the under-shepherd here. That responsibility, it's going to come from us all, but I, I bear it. I bear it. And I've wrestled. But I also have seen God work in so many ways through this congregation. I've seen God work in so many ways through this church. I need to get out of his way and just be willing and obedient. And I have chose to do that. What about you? What did you stand? We are venturing into a new season here at Grace. Are we prepared? God is filling up our building to show us we're prepared. God is moving in a mighty way to show us that we're prepared. We just need to have that faith to move forward. Bow our heads, if you will, we'll be dismissed.